the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today, we're going to have a special guest join us, uh, one of the ladies I met on my retreat a couple weekends ago, uh, Annie Evans, and she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a trainer, and she wrote a good book called Live for a New Day. No matter how bad today is, there's always a new day. And so she'll be joining us for a couple segments later on the show. Uh, but first, I want to start with the concept that, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, good enough is not acceptable. You know, G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F, good enough to get by, good enough for government work, good enough for tenure, good enough that he or she doesn't walk out the door and take uh, kids with her, uh, him and uh, leave a note on the wall, right? Uh, and what that comes from is to believe that we are here for a purpose, to believe that no matter what happened yesterday, tomorrow can be a new day. You know, there's this thing that's uh, killing many Americans. It's called depression. Before the pandemic, or should I say pandemic, uh, about 40-some million people struggled with depression. Can I tell you now, the number's over 100 million. Drug addiction, alcohol abuse, uh, child abuse, spousal abuse, all going through the roof. And for me, the first concept is to understand that we're, we're called to be under construction. We're called to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. You know, because we get stuck in the pain of our past, and that's not good enough. And so I want to share with you some words uh, by Edgar Guest, one of my favorite poets. It's called Good Enough. He said, my son, beware of good enough. It isn't made of sterling stuff. It's something any man can do. It marks the many from the few. It has not merit to the eye. It's something any man can buy. Its name is but a sham and bluff, for it is never truly good enough. With good enough, the shirkers stop in every factory and shop. With good enough, the failures rest and loose to men who give their best. With good enough, the car breaks down and men fall short of high renown. My son, remember and be wise. In good enough, disaster lies. With good enough, have ships been wrecked? The forward march of armies checked? Great buildings burn and fortunes lost. Nor can the world compute the cost. In life and money it has paid because at good enough men stayed. Who stops at good enough shall find success has left him far behind. There is no good enough that's short. 
of what you can do and ought, the flaw which may escape the eye and temporarily get by, shall weaken under the strain and wreck the ship or car or train, for this is true of men and stuff, only the best is good enough. And what happens, though, is we get stuck in our past, and we become determined. We think our past determines our future, and we are products of our programming. And what I mean by programming are unconscious, the the hidden patterns in our life. And sometimes we need to revisit the past. You know, I, I tell a story about a mother who was teaching her daughter the family recipe for making a whole baked ham. It was the very best ham anyone had ever had, so they always followed the recipe carefully. They didn't go off course at all. They did exactly the way uh, Mama did it. So they prepared the marinade. They scored the skin. They put in the cloves. And then came a step that one of the daughters didn't understand. It said, quote, cut off the ends of the ham. This didn't make sense. But she did it anyways, and she'd done it for a couple of years. But finally, she asked her mother, what was the purpose of this step? I mean, why does it say to cut off the ends of the ham? So why do we cut off the ends of the ham, Ma? And, you know, I don't know, said the mother. That's just the way Grandma taught me. That's a good question, though. I've never thought to ask it. But hey, since you want to know, now I want to know. Let's call Grandma and ask her. So they call Grandma, and they ask Grandma, Hey, we were going over this recipe and getting ready for the the holidays. I got a question for you. I've never asked you. Why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Is it to let the marinade in, or does it make it tender? Does it shorten the cooking time? I mean, what's the logic? What's the reason for cutting off the end of the ham? And with that, Grandma said, No. To be honest, I cut the ends off because that's how my mother taught me. I never asked my mom why. I added the marinade step later because I was worried about the ham drying out. Let's call great-grandma and let's ask her. So they called the assisted living facility where great-grandma was living, and the old woman listened to their questions. Great-grandma started laughing, and when she was done, she said, Oh, for heaven's sakes. I cut off the ends of the ham because we were so poor, we couldn't afford a big enough pan for the whole ham. If I didn't cut off the ends, I could have never cooked the ham. And see, that's just a simple story, but it's a great story because we tend to be products of our past. And remember, we're dealing with a conscious brain and an unconscious brain. And the conscious brain is only 3 to 5%, maybe 10, 11%. The majority of our experience is we are running old programs. We are running patterns. We are doing what we're doing because that's what we've done. And as I like to say in my class, you know, usually abusers begat abusers. Molesters begat molesters. Alcoholics begat alcoholics. But it doesn't need to be that way. Those are all programs, and we are driven by old programs, belief systems, life scripts, and self-talk. And if we're going to change our lives, we must change our thinking. You know, it was Einstein that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over 
and expecting different results. That's just crazy. And so if you keep doing what you've been doing, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to keep getting what you're getting. But here is the power that we have. We have the power to draw that line in the sand and do that great reframe, the up until now. You don't need to be a product of your past. There are many of us that have troubled past, trauma, drama, some things that happen that aren't so good. But they don't need to dictate our future. If you consider our timeline, we have a past, we have a present, and we have a future. And most people have misfiled their past into their future. And they are just victims. They are just products of their past. And ladies and gentlemen, today I want to give you hope. Because hope is always a forward focus. You know, it's about looking forward. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Looking forward to a new beginning. Looking forward to leaving the past in the past. Looking forward to great new beginnings. But it starts with a shift in mind. And then it starts, then it continues, I should say, with a shift in action. And today we're going to have someone join us, a speaker, someone I met at an event I was in a couple weeks ago in San Diego. Uh, She's a speaker. She's a trainer. Uh, She wrote a great book. We'll talk about the book. But she, too, comes from a troubled past. She, too, uh, was abused, was abandoned, was basically told she was a mistake. But to meet that woman today... That's not who she is. She's a successful woman. She's a woman that has hopes and dreams, and she allows other people to have those hopes and dreams. So after the break, we're going to hear from Annie Evans, and she's going to share with you some ways that you can draw that line in the sand and create a different tomorrow than today. So I'm Black, and we'll be right back. Fight for the future's hard, because the future hasn't happened yet. But I believe it will. Party's over. You had to split. Some other time, huh? Same feeling, same place. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. From director Clint Eastwood comes Cry Macho, a story of being lost. I'm going to go down there and kidnap him. 
please. And found. Don't miss the Salem Radio Cry Macho sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $1,000, a Clint Eastwood DVD library, and more. See Cry Macho in theaters and HBO Max. Now playing. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Register today at freedom1570.com slash macho. Wake up with the Freedom 1570 Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint in a detailed yet concise manner. Sign up at freedom1570.com. Just use the keyword subscribe. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to leadership awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. This is where we're living life like it matters. And, you know, I am blessed. I get to meet incredible people from all over the world, not just in my training classes, but also outside of them. And as you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to this event uh, in San Diego called Elevate, a chance to network and to meet some great people. And I've had many of those people on the radio with me today. Uh, we're going to continue that, bringing you some incredible people with incredible messages that can create incredible change. And our next guest is a woman by the name of Annie Evans. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a coach and a trainer. She's dedicated to helping people to become the best version of themselves. Sound familiar? Right? Annie uses her extensive life experience and adventures to guide others in realizing their passion and purpose. Starting over from scratch many times, she developed and continues to use a process that helped her to retrain her brain by replacing subconscious limiting beliefs with positive ones. She learned how to control her disruptive feelings, which enables her to live a productive, grateful, and happy life, despite some astonishing circumstances. Annie wants us all to be able to transcend challenges and to live the lives we want and we deserve. So let's welcome Annie Evans to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, Annie? I'm good. Thank you, Scott. That was a very good rendition. Um, well, hey, hey, hey. So I, uh, I read a good here. book. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. You know, you, you're you the epitome of what I tra- train you. You and I have a similar background, a very traumatic childhood. And, um, you know, I deal with people all the time, Annie, that believe that they are they are determined by their past. If they, if they have no income or if their skin color is a certain way or if they had uh, trauma in childhood, then that basically dictates the rest of their lives. And, and Annie, I think you and I, and I want to focus on you right now, are living proof that your past does not dictate your future, correct? 
100%. And um, that's my main message to everybody. I think everybody has the ability um, within themselves and everything needed in order to change their circumstance and to really realize their dreams. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading through your book and uh, you had a very traumatic childhood. As a matter of fact, I was reading the part about when your mom, I think she passed on at like 83 and uh, you were sharing in their story about even when you went to visit her in a wheelchair, she was still pretty, uh, pretty hurtful, pretty uh, vocally abusive. Uh, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, just so that people can understand that you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You didn't have an easy childhood. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, if you don't mind. Well, you kind of nailed it on the head. I mean, it started really when I was born. My mother, um, who ended up much later, like when I was 13 or so, to be um, diagnosed with multiple mental illnesses um but so i I, when i was born it started and um it continued and you probably read where at 12 i ran away and went across the country in order to escape her and yes you're correct that um despite times where we you know because i always was trying to help her especially after i realized you know number one that i was safe and i had you know, done work to retrain my brain and get over some of the trauma. But she just always kept coming back. And and you did nail it um, very sadly that it was one of my last visits to her where I was just trying to help her see what she needed. She was in a hospital and, um, you know, and she just screamed me out of the building and, wow. you know, just disrupting the whole place. And so it was just kind of sad. I was you know, always trying to, you know, make amends with her, but it just never happened. Yeah. Let me Um, ask you, how did it show up? Because I know we all act out. I know for me, uh, my, I was on my own at 16. My dad beat on me one last time. And when I didn't, didn't respond the way he wanted me to, he got so mad. He told me to get the F blank out of his house. And I was 16 years old. And I remember uh, I felt freedom, even though I was being beaten on, even though it was a scary moment, uh, I, I felt freedom and I was able to get out. But uh, I made a decision at that point that I would never put myself in that situation under in harm's way again. And so, but it, it showed up. I was, had a lot of anger in me. I was very, uh, unfortunately, sexually focused because again, my dad's background and I got to a point in my early 20s where I realized that I was doing some bad things. And if I didn't change it, uh, I was going to be in prison or dead. And so that caused me to change. What, what, how did it manifest itself? What, what happened where you said, oh, my gosh, I've got to change something or it's not going to be good? Was there a moment like that? Um, there were several. Um, but, uh, yeah, I obviously we have different um, paths. But very, very similar. Um, I got to a point, again, I I did run away when I was 12, which I was so young and naive. I just was like, woo, here I go, freedom. (laughs) And and it was pretty awesome. It was right during the civil rights and all sorts of folk music. I got to experience a lot of things, and it was actually pretty cool and groovy. And I returned safely about a year later. And finish high school, but after that, I um, 
I really realized that I actually I didn't realize it until I knew that I wanted to be a successful, productive person. That had always been in me. I knew that I was strong. I had survived all this. I had, you know, influenced a lot of people at a very young age. But I realized finally that, you know, I was getting reactions from people that, um, I knew I was just turning them off. There was something about my attitude and everything that just wasn't going to work. For These were yeah. people that could have possibly helped me. So that was one of the first things. And I just went, you know, I've got to change. And this is like a whole change. I need to completely reinvent myself. I cannot be doing this to people. So that was yeah. the beginning of my work. Um, I was also work on myself. I was also really having to um, live with depression because you know all of you know if I just thought about any of this, it was just bring me down, and I was became very lethargic and unproductive. And so I realized I had to find a way in order to just totally reinvent myself and find a way to get beyond this. And it, it, it wasn't instant. It took, um, took a lot. And now I just am confident that most anybody can follow the same path and change their life. And we all deserve to be able to be happy. We all deserve to be able to put our trauma and whatever is aside and it's just getting control of our feelings and emotions and letting ourselves see all the things that we can be grateful for. Amen. Amen. Was there a point, you know, the, the old saying, you know, I, I deal a lot with addicts and people that, uh, you know, are, are basically addicted to trauma. You know, PTSD is some people, you know, it's like pain. We get addicted to it, even though it doesn't make sense, that victim mentality. But for me, it's when the pain of not changing became greater than the cha the pain of changing. Uh, that's when my shift took place, when I knew that I could not go on this way. Was there a point, what, were you 16, 17, uh, 21? Was there a point when you realized that, uh, that you were at a point where you had to change or something bad was going to happen? Did you ever get to that point? I think that um, I didn't get to that exact point. Um, the point I got to was that I really wanted to relate honestly and with integrity to everyone outside. And I, I had always told myself I knew everything and people should listen to me. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was defensive. It was extremely defensive. And yeah. I finally, you know, when I'd see people's faces and I'd just go, this is not working. I got it. And <laughs> in the process of doing that, you know, and the little bit, I'll tell you exactly. And it is in my book, but you know, when I realized I had to change, I came upon a small book by David K. Reynolds, who um, was a, a, a psychologist who worked with um, some Japanese therapies and also Western medicine. And he wrote just he wrote several books. But I became this was like in the very early 70s, 
it's no longer in print, but The Art of Constructive Living, and in the first chapter it says, you know, you need to just get up and do what needs to be done, even if it's just for a couple minutes. And um, and so for me, I had a sink full of dishes often sitting there, and so I just started getting up and washing the dishes, and I just built on it and built on it and found little things that, you know, gave me, like, just nature's always been a source of um, church for me and goodness. So wow, I wow. gave myself more time um, and just over the, you know, really concentrated. It's work, you know, in order yep. for us to change our subconscious, subconscious doesn't just go, Oh, okay, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, well, look what else. And we're getting ready to go to a hard break. Keep that thought there, Annie. Keep that thought there. Uh, today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking to author and speaker and trainer, uh, Annie Evans. She wrote a great book called Live for a New Day. And she says no matter how bad today is, there's always a new day. So today we're talking about how to create change that our past does not dictate our future. We'll take a break and we'll be right back with Annie Evans. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-506-5493. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-506-5493 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-506-5493 to see if you qualify. That's 800-506-5493. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to, to how to hold a fork. It's 
the the leadership awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. This is your hour of power where we are living life like it matters. And speaking of living life like it matters, today we have a special guest. Uh, This woman is an author. She's a speaker. Uh, She's uh, lived in the trenches and helps people come out of those trenches. She wrote a great book called Live for a New Day, and she has another book coming out soon. Let's welcome back uh, Miss Annie Evans. Thanks again, Annie, for joining us. Thank you, Scott, for having me. And, uh, you know, I want to pick up something you uh, said right before the break. You talked about the subconscious mind. You know, I do, a, I do a lot of work on the subconscious mind. You know, I've heard the figure that we only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously. I've, I've heard if you're self-actualized, that number might go up to 10 to 11%. And the way I teach it is that, you know, the subconscious mind runs the, the ship. And so if you're going to make any lasting change, you must follow the rules of the subconscious brain because it, it's waiting for new instructions. And absent of new instructions, it runs the program that's in place. So, so when you started changing and you said you got to put some new programs in there, what was that process like for you when you started changing your own life? Well, um, there's so much out there now for people, you know, which I, I like to share other people's experiences and expertise but for me, um, I was, it was really a wilderness. This wasn't something that people were normally doing, um, really trying to influence their subconscious. So as we were talking before, I think that we both agree that, you know, the subconscious is everything that's put into it over time. And uh, it has no way of, you know, going, oh, well, this is good and this is bad. And so I'm going to do it just does what's put in there. So in people like you and I, with a lot of traumatic experiences, there's all sorts of darkness in there and we can change it. It does take work, but the subconscious isn't going to just listen to, okay, I got it. I'm going to see the light. You have to really, really change your habits because, and over time, your subconscious will hear you, and that's why we really have to become intentional um, on what we're putting into our subconscious. Yeah, and I teach so much. I, you and I teach a lot about the subconscious mind because it is the it is the the program center of the brain. You know, you're dealing with the the basal ganglia, which is the pattern center of the brain, the habit center. You're dealing with the reticular activating right. system, which is the the brain's focal center. Whatever we focus on, we see. And so, yeah, we've got to change the programming, the self talk, the way we talk to ourselves, the triggers, exactly. the mechanisms. You know, all that stuff. When did you decide, hey, I'm going to use my pain 
and I'm going to help other people. Was there ever a, a conscious shift where you said, you know what, I had a lot of pain. It get, I believe it gives us street cred. I can walk with people in pain because I understand pain. When did you, did you ever make the conscious decision that, hey, I'm going to use my pain to help other people? Well, um, the real, real conscious part, even sharing my story came um, very late after about uh, close to 40 years of corporate work. But over my life, I was constantly, um, you know, when I when I saw somebody in pain, I instantly tried to react and I instantly tried to interact and hopefully give them some guidance and hope because so many people are just stuck. I mean, they, they're not getting good information and they believe that they can't change. And I believe that they can. In fact, you know, even for um, most mental and emotional disabilities with training, I believe that they can be, you know, the, the symptoms can be improved, um, you know, back to normal. I mean, if you really yep. work at it. So yep. um, so I did it a little bit. You know, I was hiring and firing over the years and running into people with various issues. And um, so I was somewhat practiced at it, but mm-hmm. I didn't even tell my story. You know, I, I had... Wow resumes out there and you know it wasn't the kind of thing that you just wanted to oh i had this <laughs> mentally ill mother who tried to kill me and then i was a drug addict and then i ran yeah. a, you know this is just wasn't stuff you shared but um and i did share some because it was helpful to others but i yeah. i got out of corporate and you know i started talking to people and i i did share um, some of my story and people were just going, Oh, Annie, you just have to help people. And I go, well, that's all I really want to do. And I really did want to write a book, but I was going to write it all about the adventures of sailing and this and that and that other thing and not all the darkness, but uh, yeah. here I am. And I'm now I'm a hundred percent committed. It's my life's passion in order to help oh. others. Well, it's so incredible, and I believe that it gives us street cred. You know, there's uh, three F's of conflict resolution, feel, felt, found. I understand how you feel. I felt this way, and one thing I found is this, and what that does is that establishes rapport, you know, the connection, because people really don't care what you know until they know you care, you know, that old saying. And so to me, I always found it gave me street cred. You know, it gives us street cred that you know their pain, you've been abused, you've been neglected, you've been abandoned, you felt like you didn't matter. And so when you can connect with someone on that level, at least in my experience, I realize that I can pony up right beside them and then I can lead them to change. And uh, uh, listen, uh, you have an incredible story. How can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you or want you to speak at a, an event or something? How can they get a hold of you? Well, I, I have a website. I have several websites, actually. But I have one that it, it talks about my book, and there's an interview on it with Jack Canfield. And it is also www.liveforanewday.com. And I welcome anybody. I have no problem with giving my cell phone number out. And that is... Three one zero six two one zero four five six, and 
if I can't talk to you, uh, leave a message, and I would be happy to talk to anybody. Absolutely. And you said you have a, a new book coming out too, correct? So actually, actually, um, I started the book that isn't out yet before this book. And oh, wow. so this book was like a, a supplementary. It just happened that two publishers, um, I had started with one, and then this other one went, uh, they were in the floods of um, uh, Trinidad really oh, bad wow. and so they were going oh we just really need somebody to do this and so i go okay i'll, I'll do another book i got more stories to tell so <laughs> actually um the the book is it was already done but uh it got edited to where i i wouldn't release it and i just have to re-edit it okay what's it about it's it's also all about my life like okay. what I put in this book was actually somewhat supplemental. It mm-hmm. also is a lot more about, um, cause I've done a lot of personal growth work. And so it has a lot more, you know, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn and all the other things that I used in order to, um, get where I am today, a grateful and blessed person. Amen. Amen. And what do you, uh, I mean, what is your message for someone? You know, I, like I said, I just dealt with a, a kid, 16 year old kid in my leadership training. He's in the foster care system and, you know, he's been abused, uh, you know, maybe molested. And now he's had a mom and dad, you know, that, you know, he's basically he's lived with for years, but he still plays the victim. He still, you know, gets stuck in there. And, and, I think this weekend he learned that, you know, he can change that. He's not a victim. He might have been victimized, but he's not a victim. I got to be careful what we attach to identity. So, um, you know, what type of people do you work with? What type of who would who would you want to reach out to you to work with? Well, um, I don't really put many um, constraints on it. I just would be doing the very best I can for each individual. But I can relate so much to the person that you're talking about um, because sometimes we don't realize that we can change and that it really is up to us to change. Nobody's going to, you know, even if you have, you know, a high priestess or, you know, a super teacher or something, again, they can't push a button into your subconscious and just say, you are not a victim anymore. So um, it comes from desire to be something other than a victim. And hopefully, you know, I really try and work with dreams and goals with people. You know, if they can see themselves in another role and see the work that they might have to do, I've had a lot of success with that. Amen. It's the, I always say it's bass backwards, you know, people say you got to see it to believe it, but what if you believed it to see it? Uh, it's right. hard to see something that we don't believe is possible. And so what you're saying is you got to, it all starts with the belief system, it all starts with a bunch of BS. If you don't believe it's possible, you'll never be able to see it. But once you see it, then you can achieve it. Right. right. And, <laughs> and you do need to help people see it. I mean, yep. I, I get that part because when Amen. you're, you know, so traumatized, you know, it's all you know. 
And yeah. so you have to give little glimpses of, you know, finding what's in. And I, this is one of my specialties because I had to go rewrite my resume so many times and go, well, what do I want? Who do I want to be? So yeah. I play, I, you know, role play with people on that. And it tends to work. If they can see something that they know that that's within them, all of a sudden they will start responding. Amen. Well, awesome. Well, Annie, thank you so much, and God bless you. Uh, and I look forward to our continued journey as we move forward. Have a great day, okay, Annie? Thank you, Scott. All right. I am Black, and we'll be right back. I believe virtually everything I read. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. You darn tootin'. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Air Mechanical, family owned and operated since 1985, leads the metro area in heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical, and now drain cleaning services. Whether it's maintaining your current system, repairing it when it breaks, or installing new equipment, Air Mechanical believes in doing things the right way, not the easy way. They are there 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Bryant, whatever it takes. Call or schedule online at thinkami.com. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like Freedom 1570 on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Man, wasn't Annie great? You know, Annie is another example of someone like me, like Mr. Black, who had a troubled past. But our past does not dictate our future. But at some point, we've got to go inside and and deal with our thinking because really we are a product of three things. It's that trinity, the trinity of our experience. And that trinity is our belief systems, our life scripts, and our self-talk. And if you think about it, just like the trinity of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there's one God, but three different roles. If you think about these three things right here, belief systems, life scripts, and self-talk, they all feed each other. They all basically come from the same thing, our conscious and majority, though, our unconscious brains. And see, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And so if you're going to change your life, you must change your thinking. That is the key. And where do you think our our, our self-talk comes from? You know, we have thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day, Thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. And you know what we believe? is what we tell ourselves over and over and over, what we listen to in our head over and over and over. That's what we believe. So when you talk about belief systems, by the time a child is six years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. In other words, the basic structure of our belief systems in place. And as you heard from Annie, and as you know from me, Mr. Black, man, some of us at six years old, uh, we were just surviving. We were working to get through an abusive childhood and just get out of the house alive at some point in the near future. And so if we didn't take a look at our belief systems and if we didn't go in there and challenge those, uh, you know, the Bible says the sins of the father go three and four generations for those who hate the Lord. And so in other words, abusers begat abusers, molesters begat molesters, alcoholics begat alcoholics, because you know what we do to other people? Usually what was done to us. And so if you're going to change that, you've got to go in the structure of the belief systems and you got to deal with the unconscious mind. It reminds me of a story you've heard me share before. If you have heard it before, I want you to listen to it for the first time. A farmer was taking three of his donkeys for sale to the market. On the way, he saw a river and decided to stop to rest a little and take a nice swim, cool down. But he only had two ropes And he had three donkeys. Since he had only two ropes, he looked around wondering how to tie the third one. He was looking around for some type of rope or whatever. And in the distance, he saw somebody and he realized this was a sage, a wise man. And so he sought his help. You know, I'm sure that guy, he's a wise man. He's a sage. I'm sure he has a rope. I'll just ask him for rope and that'll help me tie up my third donkey. And so he went to the sage and he asked him if he had a rope so he can tie his third donkey up. He told him his dilemma. And the sage did not have a rope, but he did have a suggestion. How many times have you met someone that didn't have what you needed, but they offered you an opinion? Usually not good. So let's see what happens. So the sage gave him a suggestion. He told the farmer, listen. Let the third donkey see you tying the other two donkeys to a tree. Then you pretend to tie this one also. So the farmer did as he was told, and he went for a dip in the river. Coming back, he thanked the sage and saw that the donkey stood exactly at the same spot 
where he had left them. He untied the two donkeys. He patted the third one to start moving. And so he starts walking. But after going a little distance, imagine to his surprise when he looked back and the third donkey stood still at the same spot. Only the two that were tied, that he untied, were willing to move. The third one was still stuck in the very back. So he started cajoling him, started kicking him, started talking to him, and it did not help with the donkey. The donkey refused to move through the spot. And so the farmer went back to the the sage who told him, you know, untie the third donkey. But, protested the farmer, I have not tied the donkey. He wanted to shake the sage. Guy, the donkey was never tied. I just pretended to tie him. I have not tied him. And the sage asked, you know it. I know it. But does the donkey know that? Sure enough, the farmer went back and pretended to untie the donkey. Immediately, the donkey started moving as though released and walked over to join the other two donkeys. See, ladies and gentlemen, we are all too often tied up to too many imaginary ropes. And those are things in our past. Things in our past, no one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. I can give you a list of people who had terrible failures in their past, but they didn't let that dictate their future. I mean, you know Thomas Edison, right? I don't know if it was a thousand times he failed or 10,000 times he failed before creating the incandescent light bulb. How about Bill Gates, right? One of the richest men in the world. By the way, if you were to Google or ask Siri, do this, uh, who's the best doctor in the world? It pulls up Bill Gates for some reason. Strange thing to do if you don't believe me. But you know, Bill Gates' first business failed. He's now one of the richest people in the world, right? right? Microsoft, right? Windows, right? Yet the richest person in the world couldn't make any money at first. His first company was a company called Data, a device which could read traffic tapes and process the data. And it failed miserably. How about this? You know, if you got a Van Gogh in your house right now, you're a pretty lucky person, right? But did you know Van Gogh only sold one painting in his lifetime? Do you know that? He, was, he died poor. He was nothing when he was alive. You know the old saying, you know, a wife would say to their husband, you're worth more to me dead than alive. Well, if there's a Mrs. Vincent Van Gogh, uh, he is worth more to her dead than alive. How about Albert Einstein? You realize he didn't even speak till he was four years old. I've heard stories that say he failed math, right? How about Jay-Z couldn't get signed to any record labels? You know Jay-Z? one of the wealthiest uh, musicians in the world. How about Franklin Roosevelt? He became partially paralyzed at 39. And a lot of people don't even know that he was in a wheelchair. They hid it from him. So we don't let the past dictate our future. I could tell you people like Sam Walton, Ray Kroc, um, Abraham Lincoln, Mary Kay, Colonel Sanders, And if you don't know why I brought up any of these names, you might want to read a book now and then that doesn't have smut or vampires. Because all these people, every single one of them that I mentioned, had so much failure and very little success. See, it's all about our life script. We have these life scripts. That's what we call them in transactional analysis. And we create stories about our lives, what they have been and what they will be. 
And this starts in childhood where we weave our perceptions of ourselves and the world around us into a narrative about what we can do and what we will do. And these life scripts then continue to have a deep and unconscious effect on how we live our lives. They affect the decisions we make. They control what we think we could easily do, what we could never do. They shape our self-image. And yet we seldom realize where they come from or even do not know that they exist at all. And this is the programming. This is in the unconscious brain. And this is why I do what I do. This is why my background's in neurolinguistic programming. And NLP is the owner's manual to the human experience. It really doesn't matter uh, what happens to us. What matters is how it's codified. How do we store it? And every single memory we ever have, we store in the five senses. We store something we saw. We store something we heard. We store something we felt. And possibly what we smelt and what we tasted. We got transactional analysis, one of my disciplines. And Dr. Eric Burns' work about there's a stimulus and the response. But here's the thing, understanding how the brain works. A stimulus and a response is a transaction. It's called communication. But here's the thing. We're not responding to the stimulus. What happens is the mind is six times faster than we can talk. And so when someone says something or does something, we go to what we know. The Bible says a dog returns to its vomit and a sow after cleaning herself returns to the mire. Proverbs says you can tell a man's religion in time of despair. Why? Because we go to what we know. And so when someone says something or does something, we don't respond to that. We go to our three channels. We see something from our past. Or we say or hear something from our past. Or we feel something based on our past. And then based on that, we respond. We're not really responding to what the other person said or did. We're responding to our narrative. And that's why Dr. Viktor Frankl, in the study of logotherapy, has one of my favorite quotes. He says, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. We've got to start give, stop giving away our power and our freedom. This is our control. But you need someone to help you understand that you can reframe your past to create a brighter future for other people. Go to likeitmatters.net. I can help you do that. I am Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I'm here for an hour a day to remind you when you live your life like it matters. It does. This is Eric with the Kingdom Builders. During a recent meeting, I was pretty amazed at how everyone got along so well, and we all agreed on just about everything. I think it's because we have strived for years to have everyone doing a job that they enjoy. We think that ends up being a benefit to our customers. When you like what you're doing, you tend to do a better job, as well as have a better attitude. Over the years, I've tried a variety of jobs at the Kingdom Builders. I've tried sales, project managing, installing doors, working in the office, but currently I'm installing gutters and loving it. It's a pleasure to be able to do my job well and enjoy doing it. So if you need a roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Ringing. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.